0: You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny Schools. Hey, Ankeny Community, thanks for joining me today. I'm Dr. Eric Pruitt, the superintendent of Ankeny Schools. We are having a two-part series on new curriculum being introduced in fall 2023. Today is part one of the series discussing our math for our kindergarten through fifth grade students. Part two will focus on computer computer science curriculum being introduced for our students in grades kindergarten through seventh grade. So let's talk about math curriculum. Today's guest is Director of Curriculum and Innovation for Ankeny Schools, Carol Eddy. Carol has been in her current role as Director of Curriculum for the past three years, but has also worked in Ankeny Schools prior to that as an Associate Principal at Parkview Middle School. Carol earned her teaching degree as well as her master's degree in educational administration from Iowa State and has since completed her educational specialist degree while obtaining her superintendent's licensure through Drake University. Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much, sir.
0: Welcome, Carol. Glad to have you here. So, curriculum, a really big word that means a lot to many different people. And so, for our district, there have been many phases, uh, phrases uh, being used to describe new curriculum right now, including curriculum, prioritized standards, performance skills, report card statements, and scope and sequence. Can you define uh, these phrases and talk about the process of seeking approval by the school board of our, uh, of our district?
1: Yeah, not a problem. I'm happy to. Um, a lot of times when I talk to people about curriculum, they tend to uh, shrink that to really mean the resource that we're using. Uh, so I think it's important for people to know that curriculum really is a much larger body of work um, that teachers engage in and that students access. So when we think about curriculum, it really starts with what do we want our students to know and be able to do? And that's really the standards that we use. Um, in Ankeny, We use the Iowa core standards. And if there aren't Iowa core standards, we first seek um, from the state what national standards they may have adopted. So for math, there are Iowa core standards that we use um, and that we're required to teach in all of our different grade levels. So our job here at Ankeny then is to prioritize those for our population. What do we really think students need to know and be able to do? Where do we want to spend most of our time? Um, Once we know that, then we really spend some time developing performance scales, which really just helps teachers know what it means to meet the standard, because we want a student who's in third grade um, at Ashland Ridge um, to have that same understanding of what meeting the standard is as a student who might be at Southeast um, in third grade as well. So we want all of our teachers to have a common understanding of what it really means to meet the standard. Uh, So that's why we develop performance scales. It also really helps our teachers be able to communicate to parents where a student might really be excelling um, and where they also might be struggling. So by developing those performance scales, all of our teachers can have a better understanding of those standards um, and where their students might be. We also spend some time uh, developing report card statements. So for math, uh, parents may see some differences from maybe a a child that they've had in elementary school before to to now a child that's in elementary school. Um, And those statements will look different now because we have um, realigned what those are based on how we've prioritized those standards. And then we spend some time really talking about scope and sequence. So scope and sequence really means the sequence in which we teach those standards. So is there a logical way uh, that students would best learn those standards? And let's put them in that logical uh, progression, as well as how deep do we want to go? Some standards, we're not looking for mastery. We're just looking for an introduction. Uh, and other times, we really are looking for mastery of that standard. And so we want to know how deep into that standard do we really need to go. So we spend a lot of time around those, uh, and then once we have those things done, identifying the resource that will best get students to that point.
0: And so with curriculum, would it be safe to say that that really encompasses um, what we teach um, our students uh, across the entire district?
1: I would say, not only what we teach, but even with the resources in which we use to get students to those standards as well. Um, and sometimes even the how we teach it. So we call that professional learning sometimes here, um, but when we think about curriculum, we also want some of those best practices to really be in place across our entire district. So when when we think about what curriculum really is, it's not only what, um, it's with what, and then also how we teach that so we can ensure that that guaranteed and viable experience for all of our students.
0: And so for our district, is there a standard with regards to how we teach? Because I think we would both agree that teaching is a science where there may be a standard around how you teach students at different grade levels, but depending upon the students that are in front of you, what they're going through, um, what they know prior to coming to you, the science of teaching is um, really... Uh, uh, an engagement of adjustments throughout the the entire school day and if not the entire school year. And so how do we identify what our standard of teaching is, here in Ankeny.
1: Yep, so you're exactly right. We still want all of our teachers to be able to adjust and meet the needs of their individual students, but when you think about what some best practices are in mathematics instruction, there has been a lot of research done about the eight mathematical practices, and that making sure that we are not only um, asking students to engage in some mathematical skills, but also the manner in which we teach it, Um, we want to make sure that our teachers know about those best practices and are using them. So there are best practices, of course, in formative assessment and making sure that we know exactly where students are and and even in um, some of the the relationships that we want teachers to build with students. Um, But on top of that, there are best practices in mathematics instruction that we want all of our students to know and be able to use within their classrooms. Um, A lot of our elementary teachers have a generalized degree in teaching. Mm-hmm. And so there are some very specific strategies for math that we we would want to make sure that all of our teachers can can utilize within their classroom structure.
0: And you also talked about standards. And so would another way of thinking about standards be expectations of Performance or expectations of learning for our students.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. When we say standards, it really is what do we want students to understand and be able to do, and it's that expectation at that grade level for for what should be occurring um, with students.
0: And so, if if our expectation is that we want um, our students to at least meet standards, how does that translate to actual performance? And so, if a student is is meeting standard, is is it a, is it a, a is, is meeting low performance or how does that, uh, um, as far as I want to necessarily assign a grade to meets, but if I'm meeting the standard, a particular standard in in math, what does that mean for me as I um, work my way through school.
1: When I think about a student who's meeting the standard, that is the expectation for the grade level. So that's exactly where we're trying to get students to. Um, And we would not teach um, students uh, less than that we would not want the rigor of our standard to be less than that we would want to make sure that all of our students are meeting what the what the requirement is for that standard um, and, I, and I wouldn't assign a grade to it either but if, if, if I was a parent and wanted to know like that that's an A right like that's what we would want students to be able to do is we want them to have that, that understanding of the standard um, that being said we want to make sure that we provide opportunities for students to get the needed supports if they're not quite meeting the standard and be able to um, Advance or exceed that standard and so one of the ways we do that is by developing those performance scales so that teachers know what it means to go above and beyond that standard as well because in a classroom I may have a student who uh, really grasps that standard very quickly um, faster than maybe the rest of their uh, counterparts do and we don't want teachers to be at a loss for what they need to do or to say oh let's go to the next grade level um, there are ways in which we can exceed that standard with every single mathematics standard that we have and equipping our teachers to be able to meet those needs is really important. Just the same as when students are struggling with a standard and we we need to get them to meeting, we we want them to know how to scaffold that and support students in their learning, Um, where it doesn't mean bringing it down to a lower grade level. It means staying in that same standard, but supporting that learning to be able to get to what meeting the standard means.
0: Would you describe standards within... A grade level of uh, for, for math as building blocks um, for students um, being able to do math at the next grade level. Yes,
1: yeah, so all of the standards um, that ha- that are in the Iowa Core are meant to be building blocks for what occurs next, um, and it's really important that our teachers know how to build um, build the understanding of that standard sufficiently, uh, so that when they get to the next grade level, they're sufficiently prepared. Uh, What we see sometimes um, is that we rush students in their understanding. Uh, And so, yes, they can do, but they may not have the depth of understanding that they need. So as they build those, those foundations, if they there aren't strong enough in those, then sometimes that house can crumble. Uh, So we don't want to accelerate students through standards just because they know the algorithm right away. We really need them to conceptually understand why those things work um, and how they work because that really prepares them not only for the next grade level, but when you think even two or three grade levels in the future um, of what kinds of things they might need to do as a foundation for algebra or as a foundation for calculus, uh, we're building those foundations even in kindergarten, second grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we would need to make sure that we're, we're spending enough time on those building blocks so that they can be successful, not only for our classes, but even for uh, the workplace beyond or for the uh, for collegiate level bond.
0: And so for our parents that have children in elementary school and they go through their math courses from kindergarten through, let's say seventh grade for elementary and, and middle school, and they've been meeting those standards um, the entire time. Are those children prepared for more advanced math courses by the time they get to eighth or ninth grade?
1: They should be, yes. So if if a student has been meeting those standards, that's exactly what we're trying to to have happen. And I would say we spend, um, during curriculum review, we spend time making sure that how we've prioritized those standards are vertically aligned as well so yes when a student is meeting the standard at kindergarten they should not only be sufficiently prepared for first grade but they should have some of those other building blocks that may help them even for second or third grade and the same thing for when i'm done with second grade standards and i've met those standards i should now be prepared for third grade um and and it it, Even though we haven't adopted curriculum yet at the secondary level, Mm -hmm. that would be the same um, expectation for courses when we get to the sixth, seventh, or or eighth grade level that what we're doing in that grade level adequately prepares them not only for the next level, but sets that foundation for depth of understanding um, at higher levels of math as they go through.
0: And there's research with regards to the importance of algebra and it being an indicator of what students may be able to do after they take algebra and so in our district our our students are able to take algebra in in what grade?
1: Uh, Algebra one is the eighth grade course currently
0: and so for our our families um, in elementary and middle school the the way we've prepared our math curriculum is to put our students on a trajectory to be able to take Algebra 1 by 8th grade.
1: Exactly. And we made sure we vertically align everything so that they are prepared for that. If they were to go through every single grade level and meet those standards, they should be able to take Algebra 1 at 8th grade um, and be able to be successful.
0: And and by taking eighth um, Algebra in 8th grade, wh- what does that mean for our students from 9th grade through 12th grade compared to other districts um, in other systems that don't provide um, eighth grade students to take algebra? yeah,
1: The the nicest thing about being able to provide algebra at the eighth grade level is the, the levels of different kinds of math that students could then engage in after core. We know that we want to prepare students for whatever their plan A is, whatever they want to do. And so by offering maybe a statistics strand, um, what gets them maybe more into some data analysis and some understanding of statistics, that that could better prepare them for certain careers. When we offer a calculus strand, Mm -hmm. that will prepare students. And when we offer a quantitative reasoning strand that will prepare students maybe even for industry when they leave, it allows them to try out different kinds of electives. If we were to wait and take algebra later, um, students would engage in core farther on into their high school career and maybe only get one or two other elective classes before then they graduate. So their, their understanding of of what kinds of math they may engage in afterwards is somewhat limited. So when we can take algebra one at that eighth grade level, that does allow them to sample lots of different math after core to get a better idea of what they're really interested in, so that they can pursue something that that will be um, advantageous for them.
0: Absolutely. So for, um, based off of my first example of we have a family that has uh, that that may have children in elementary school and middle school that have met standard. What about those families that? Um, have uh, those children? Because we have some really talented children in our district that are um, exceeding not every standard in every grade level, but um, at particular times throughout the uh, the year, they're they're showing themselves to be, to be able to exceed the standard. You know, what do we have to offer for those? students that are in our system.
1: What we're really trying to do, um, we've mentioned performance scales before, but uh, by developing those performance scales, our uh, our general education teachers, not just our ELP teachers, um, will be able to know how to extend students' learning in every standard that they teach at that grade level. Uh, so they should be able to adequately um, offer students those kinds of opportunities and that kind of learning within their own class classroom setting um, without having to jump to the next grade level. Sometimes I think in the past when we haven't had performance scales, a teacher's been left without a lot of options. They know their standard and they know what it means to meet the standard, but may not know what it means to exceed that standard without jumping to the next grade level. So we've seen students then be accelerated that's wonderful for those students mm-hmm. but sometimes they lack then the depth of conceptual understanding in their in their standards and so the foundations that they have um, have holes in them when they get to a higher level of math um, our goal with these performance skills now is to be able to not only offer opportunities for students who are demonstrating that accelerated learning pattern um, but be able to offer opportunities within their classroom setting to meet their needs and still allow them to develop the the foundation of that conceptual understanding in all of their areas so when they may accelerate later, um, or get to a, a higher level of math later on in their career. That they have the foundations that they need in order to be successful, um, without it taking sort of undue hardship on them right. trying to trying to study for something that they may not have the the depth of understanding
0: in. And then on the opposite end, for our students that may struggle with math, how does this curriculum? and the standard support um, our our students that struggle with math.
1: So there's a couple different ways that this new curriculum does that. Uh, We've mentioned performance scales before, but in in the development of those, we also develop what does progressing mean and what does beginning mean uh, so that teachers can clearly see, oh, if my students aren't at meeting yet, what are some skills that I need to work on with them that will help them get there? So it it provides those uh, those roadmaps for teachers um, when they do see that students are struggling in an area. The other thing that um, our new mathematics instruction will assist with is um, sometimes in math we have been uh, very stuck on there's only one way to do it and the student is struggling and can't do this one way. Um, Our new mathematics instruction really does allow for mathematical discourse, some conversations about math, and being able to demonstrate understanding of that mathematical concept in multiple different ways. Mm -hmm. Rather than just jumping right to an algorithm, a student would be able to demonstrate that they can understand that um, in any manner that they see fit. And of course, we'll teach them lots of different ways to do it, um, but it's okay if they do it this way instead of that way. And I think that really opens up opportunities for students when they haven't been able to grasp maybe a specific way to do something, but they do understand the standard because they're able to do it in these three other ways.
0: Right. And so we, we recently just completed a curriculum review for math. And with that, um, there were some new resources purchased. And so you just we um, have gone through um, how our curriculum supports not only our students that are maybe gifted, um, students that are meeting the standard, but then students that are also um, struggling in math, How do these can you describe uh, the resource, this new resource that we've purchased and how that supports all learners um, within our district? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, One of the things we went into our curriculum review knowing um, we wanted to ensure that whatever resource we purchased was not only aligned to standards, but was aligned to how we wanted to teach math as well. So when we think about those best practices in mathematics instruction, we wanted our research to be able to match that as well. And so we threw out quite a few resources that may have met the standards, but were not demonstrating that they understood those eight mathematical practices and weren't embedding them into the instruction. Um, And the same thing on the other side. Some may have been uh, really great with the the kinds of ways we wanted to teach math, but weren't meeting the expectations of the standards. Mm And So when we selected um, illustrative mathematics, And we are using Kendall Hunt as our uh, publisher for that, but illustrative mathematics is the K through five resource. Uh, We found uh, what we think is a is a really um, balanced match between making sure that we have the rigor of the standard that we're looking for, but also then provides us with the pieces of mathematical instruction that we know are best for our students. Uh, and, and in selecting that, we've already found some really great alignment, uh, not only in those standards, but even in the sequence and in the depth of understanding that we want our students to have, as well as resources for students who are struggling and students who... Um, are exceeding those in those standards. So we really think that we've found a good match with the resource that we have. I think the other thing that we wanted to do was make sure that parents had access to to lots of information. And Illustrative Mathematics um, is an online resource as well. So parents and students can get onto that resource even at home um, and be able to get additional practice and additional learning um, if they felt like they wanted to engage in that or had some questions or problems or or just wanted to know, what does this mathematical concept really mean? uh, They can find all of those things online as well. So that transparency piece for parents um, becomes really viable when we've selected an online resource.
0: A common mistake about the resources that educators use across the nation and in districts is that the the book um, that students bring home is the curriculum. And so can you explain to our audience um, again, the book is not our curriculum. Where does the book fall with regards to our district's math curriculum? Mm -hmm.
1: So although this book is very nicely aligned to our standards, our curriculum is really based around the standards that we have selected. And there is no textbook out there that would... I don't know, automatically know what standards we would pick at Ankeny as our prioritized standards and then be able to to write something that would align specifically with those. So our teachers know that really what their job is is to, is to make sure that students have the opportunity to meet our standards. And we use the resource that we've purchased as just that, a resource. When those things match up really well, then we use that resource. When they don't match up well, then we have supplemental resources or so we have different ways of getting to that learning for a student. So although we may try to follow a resource as closely as we can because we know research has gone into that product as well. Um, our ultimate goal is to make sure that we are getting to those standards for students. And if there's a portion of that text that just doesn't do that, then we will minimize that portion and then identify a supplemental resource that will that will make sure we get to those standards.
0: And, and that's why we have some of the most talented teachers um, in the state because. Not only are our teachers able to take the resources that our district provides, they are also taking in information from the students that they received at the beginning of the school year and making those small adjustments to meet to meet the needs of the students that they have for an entire school
1: year. Yep, it's one of the reasons why our teachers are so great at that formative assessment piece when they can accurately assess where a student is struggling or where they do understand. And then, yes, of course, use the resources that we've provided them, but um, their expertise is invaluable to, to ensuring that students learn those standards.
0: And you had mentioned um, rigor, depth, of understanding um, with regards to these resources that we'll be using. Can you just speak briefly about what's the difference between how math has been taught in our district previously to how we're approaching it moving forward?
1: So uh, a lot of times in previous math, and I will say even for my own mathematics instruction, right, it was very much algorithm driven. Here's a quick way to do this thing. Just remember or memorize this. Um, My multiplication charts uh, that we had to memorize and do around the world. um, We were very quick to um, be efficient with math uh, and not worry about if students really understood the why behind it. Um, What we found from industry um, and really even from our post-secondary friends telling us what they need in our mathematics students is they know, of course, they still value efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, But when students aren't able to problem solve on their own or back map and critically think how the math works, then they run into roadblocks later in their life. Uh, And so we know, even at our elementary level, it's not as important for a student to understand a quick trick um, or a quick uh, rhyme to remember uh, an algorithm. We really need that depth of understanding on why those things work. It's sometimes why we spend an inordinate amount of time on place value um, when it seems like the student understands it because they can do something. But when you have that mathematical discourse with them, you can see in their reasoning that they still don't quite have the concept piece to it. So we spend a larger time, even though they might be able to demonstrate because they haven't Uh, haven't conceptually built that yet. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably the biggest difference between how mathematics was taught before. It was very much a just figure it out quickly so that you can replicate. Um, And now in our day and age with the kinds of problems that that people are up against after high school, we need them to be able to critically think and conceptually understand and build, be innovative with math. Uh, And in order to do that, we need to have them have a better conceptual understanding of math, not just be quick with an algorithm.
0: And so with the changes that will be coming to our district this upcoming school year as a parent what can they expect to hear from their children as they are experiencing math in our district and what can they expect to see coming home mm-hmm. this year
1: Yep so there's a few things um we would hope that your children um start to see uh that mathematical discourse, asking questions, being wrong about things is okay. We really want them to persevere um, and start to really understand their mathematical concepts. So, so when they come home, if they get something wrong, um, we don't want them to be heartbroken about that. We would want them to say, "Oh, well, here's here's where I went wrong. Here's what I need to do." Um, or I'm getting really frustrated with this math problem. Let me take a break. Let me rethink it just a little bit. Where did I? Where did I? Um, where did I go wrong in this? Um, we would want our, our parents to see uh, students using mathematical language, mm-hmm. so um, understanding the kinds of things that they're talking about and being able to problem solve through some of that math. Uh, so the kinds of things that they would see coming home, there there may be some practice kinds of things that we would still see coming home, like homework. um, And it still may look um, like mathematical equations, but the hope is not uh, a worksheet with 30 problems and they have to do all the evens Mm -hmm. anymore, right? It is more, here's a problem. We want you to think about it. We might even want you to draw something to show your thinking. And then really there's only... um, only one thing that they're they're expected to turn in because we we need that conceptual understanding so those are the kinds of things we would maybe see coming home and and hoping to hear from students um, when they're engaging with math at home
0: and so as a parent I have three children in the district how can I best support my students this upcoming school year?
1: So my, my hope for parents on when they think about how to help their children with math, just know that that we don't expect them to be the teacher, right? Our teachers are the ones that have the the professional learning around best practices in mathematics instruction. So we do not need you to sit at home um, and slave over math um, with, with your children. In fact, we would hope that you could be a mathematics coach um, or a mentor. So making sure that students um, Uh, see where mathematics is happening in the real world. You know, it's one of those questions we always ask, where am I ever gonna use this? So having parents be able to say, see, this is where we use math, this is how we use math in everyday, this is how I use math in my job, Mm -hmm. Um, so that they know that learning math is important. we would want you to be positive when talking about math. I know I do this sometimes with with my own children where I say, oh, I'm just not good at math. Mm-hmm. Well, that sometimes sets a, um, a, a negative experience for math, even in our own children. And so if we can say everyone can be a mathematical thinker, it's OK. Let's just sort of problem solve around it um, and making sure that, that you're positive about math. Um, and then I think the other thing is just to help your children persevere through problems. So if they get a mathematics problem that they don't know the answer to, rather than even help them answer it just ask them questions have them work through their frustration maybe have them write down what questions they might ask their teacher what parts of it do they understand and where do they fall out so that they can go back to their teacher and be able to be articulate about where they're where they're having some problems with their mathematics understanding those are great ways um, that parents can really assist with mathematics instruction
0: at home wow this has been really helpful and so i want to thank our guest carol Eddy. Director of Curriculum and Innovation for Ankeny Schools for part one of our two-part series on new curriculum for fall 2023. Join us for part two on computer science for our students in grades, kindergarten through seventh grade. We are
1: Ankeny!
0: Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools.